Welcome to episode 274. Statistically speaking, our kids are going to get diseases at a much younger age than our generation or the generation before. And whilst food is only one part of the journey, I think it's a major part of the quality of life that they will experience and will reduce the number of years that they spend in the dying process. So if you want to know how to get your kids healthy, then this one is for you. So let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What is up, my healthy friends? I am glad you're here because if you have kids or you're looking or thinking about having kids one day or you've got kids that are a little bit older or grown up or even if you've got grandkids around you, this is a perfect conversation because in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And the reason that this is a perfect conversation in the context of children is because one of the main motivating factors for most of the people that I speak to, man or woman, is that they want to be a good role model for their children. They want to ensure in this super high sugar screen addicted world that we've got that they're able to embody and show up as really good, having a really good food relationship themselves so that their children can also do the same thing uh, and, and be able to guide their children in the right way when it comes to food. And so whether it be I just want to be able to keep up with my kids later on in life or whether it be, you know, I really am, a, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time, Maddie, and I, I really understand that the, you know, the, the children in the house are going to pick up on what we do, you know. And so the, the one way to think about it too is that in this world where we're, we're lining up, what seems like we're lining up in a line to get our diagnosis for whichever disease we're going to get at whichever age and that age keeps getting younger and younger and younger because, the food world is so toxic from a younger and younger age. And if we think about it in the course of our family line, our grandparents, for instance, most of their life was spent with whole real food because that was all that was available. It wasn't overly processed and it wasn't until later in life that they started being exposed to you know, your chocolates and your manufactured foods and your bag, a box or a can kind of stuff that's full of crap because a lot of that industry wasn't developed yet. And then we go to our parents. So our parents, they had a portion of their life where they were whole real food. And then bag a box or a canned foods came in at a younger age than their than your grandparents. So now we so the first generation, let's say, had uh, exposure to terrible food for ten percent of their life. And then we go to our parents, and our parents have possibly got exposure to these terrible foods, and remembering that they continue to get more and more terrible. And maybe the, our parents are exposed for 40% of their life or maybe even 50% of our life. Then they go, then go to our generation. And our is a relative term since I know that people from 18 years old to 85 years old listen to this podcast. But let's say, you know, people in their 30s and 40s, you go to that, that era and then people in their 30s and 40s are probably exposed to 70% or 80% of their life being terrible bag of boxer or canned foods. And then we've got kids. 100% of their life, they're exposed to absolute bullshit food. So it's no wonder, and, and this is in correlation with the development of the sugar industry because it really wasn't around in the era of our grandparents, for at least for a lot of their life. It was in a very subtle way, but not like it is today. 
And so it's no wonder that our kids are getting diseases which once upon a time only appeared in elderly people. And now that everybody's getting sick, you know, at much younger ages and they're dying at younger ages and they're spending half their life or longer parts of their life on medication and physically deteriorating in that time. So we need to be able to save our kids. Like our kids are now exposed to a world where from day one, we're giving them super high sugar, super addictive foods. And at a time where they develop their brain and their brain is developed based on this nutritional information and the behavior that we have around them. And I mean, that's been the case for all of human history. But when when we're doing that stuff in the window of their you know, development and giving them unhelpful foods, we are programming them to have issues later on because we did it at the most important time. Like if there's ever a time to get vegetables into a kid, it's under the age of seven, zero to seven, right? Anyway, but have you heard the statement, do as I say, not as I do? I remember my mum saying that statement when I was younger. I remember my dad probably saying it too. It's a, it's a very much a part of our culture to say that kind of thing. And the reality is that whilst it's a nice little catchphrase and we all reiterate it to people because it was reiterated to us, the truth is that's absolutely the worst form of leadership. And as someone with children in your environment, you are by default a leader. You, you don't have a choice. You are a leader of your children, of your family, or even if they're your stepkids, you are a leader of them. If you're a grandparent, you are a leader of them, right? And so the actual statement that we need to adopt is, do as I do. Because children follow their parents. Children follow the adult people around them to learn how to navigate the world. And the reality is that when those kids leave home at 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever age they leave home, when they are in the world by themselves, sure, you might have tried to say all of the do as I say, not as I do stuff when they were underage and forced um, some you know, broccoli into their face and some steak into their face. But the second that they're a free adult out in the world, guess what? They think, and we all thought it, they think, how do I look after myself as an adult? They don't consciously think that. They just go and do it because it's so embedded because they've watched you for the first 20 years, right? And so they go out into society and they're like, oh, this is what dad buys. This is what mum buys. This is how I do shopping. These are the foods that I go towards. And that's because that's what dad eats and that's what mum and dad like and that's what Nana likes. And so I should do the same thing because that's how they as adults look after themselves in the world. So when your child is now an adult, it says, how do I look after myself as an adult in the world? Just like all of the adults around me did. And this is This is the main reason, I believe, this is the main reason why diseases run in families. There is a very small portion of um, really unlucky people that have genetic anomalies that actually do play out generation to generation. But the reality is that the the physical environment we live in with all the toxins and all the different uh, things that are stimulating us in different ways uh, and also the food environment that we put into our body, that creates a situation which produces disease. And because we learned our food behaviors and our food relationship from our parents, guess what? We're going to produce the same disease in our kids and our grandkids because the same set of behaviors and recipes and eating habits are being passed on generation to generation to generation. And that might not have been so bad in the beginning, but now we've got a generation of kids that have 100% of their diet coming out of a bag, a box or a can, too much sugar added, too many chemicals added, too much stuff that isn't isn't whole real food that manipulates the brain to become addicted from day one of being born, right? So the way that you do yourself 
when it comes to food, the way that you do stuff, the way you engage with food, the relationship you have with food is directly absorbed by your children. And I might even say specifically young women, young girls. One of the worst things about Instagram and TikTok and all of those things is that once upon a time, we were all bullied and picked on, you know, or intimidated by about 30 people in our classroom or, you know, a few hundred people in the, in the school. And now, particularly for young girls and this hyper-sexualized reality that social media has created is that not only are these young girls in this hyper-sexualized world, but also they're now being influenced by a million profiles, you know, and hundreds of thousands of people that they don't know. And and it's really scary. And it's the same for boys. It's just, in a, it's just a bit of a different conversation. Um, but I know that that you know we're, we've got a lot of concerns when it comes to young girls growing up in this food environment. And so the best thing you can do for your kids or your grandkids is to work on yourself, work on your own emotional eating, binge eating, overeating, relationship with food stuff, um, learn nutrition, learn food, learn how to cook, all of these things. You, if you don't learn how to do it, your kids won't either. And this will be just part of their trauma story when they're 30 with a therapist, right? Um, Or 50 with a therapist or even worse, never with a therapist, right? So it's a bit of a call to action today, which is to start changing that statement to do as I do. I am a reliable leader. Follow me. I've got you. This is how we do it. And that might involve you doing a program or you, you know, going out and learning, doing some cooking classes and stuff like that and learning how to shop you know, learning how to do these other skills, which are all around and related to food and prioritize, learning how to prioritize meal prep time or cooking time. Or if you've got the financial resources to, you know, look for a company that provides actually healthy meals, because a lot of those companies have got crap in them. I've tried a bunch of them, right? Um, and, you know, they ring me for feedback when they try and get sponsorship on the podcast. And I'm like, no, because this was in there and this was in there and this was in there. And I don't think that matches my health philosophies. But the point is that in order to, for, to ensure that the health of your children and that they don't get a disease young and hopefully they don't get a disease at all, at all is for you to embody and create an environment at home that is in favor of a, of a positive relationship with food and has an extremely heavy lean towards whole real food, natural foods, vegetables, meat, all of those things on the plate. And this doesn't go without me acknowledging that, you know, feeding kids that kind of stuff when they know that, you know, their friends at school get to take all this packet stuff to school, it creates challenges. And I was that kid at home. My mum made a lot of the stuff growing up and I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed going to school that I had homemade bread and it looked different to everybody else's perfect squares. And, you know, I had these different creative things in my lunchbox, which, you know, myself and my sister even did this too, is that often we'd get home and mum would find all our food in the bottom of our bag and, you know, we didn't even eat. So I was one of those kids that was socially awkward and embarrassed about the healthy food that I was given. So please know that this, this, these suggestions and this advice doesn't come without the awareness that feeding kids is challenging and that they can get really jealous of all the sugary goodness that everybody else has got at lunchtime at school. Um, and even as young adults as well. So the best thing you can do is that you can show up in the world as a healthy person yourself or at least somebody that prioritizes working on their health and their relationship with food so that your kids, particularly daughters, but your kids can grow into people that are really, really healthy. And once they get to the other side of their little rebellion phase, they might actually start landing in a place where, oh, this is how we used to eat when I was younger, or this is how grandma eats, or this is how mum eats, or this is how my, you know, 
uh, my uncles eat or whoever, whoever is around in that adult environment around kids and food. So if you've resonated with this episode or you really like what I'm talking about, then one, thank you. And two, please share it with a friend or family member you think that will benefit because I think this is an important conversation for us to create generations in the future that are actually healthy and actually able to survive and actually able to stand up for themselves and um, protect the natural healthy way of living that uh, hopefully we can continue to maintain. Anyway, thank you for being here. I appreciate you and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.